Welcome to this week's episode of the HRDQU Interview Podcast, where we bring you the latest insights and practical tools for enhancing soft skills training in your organization. This podcast is brought to you by HRDQ.com, and I'm your host, Sarah, Learning Events Manager at HRDQU. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Chris Wong as we delve into the webinar Tactics and Strategies to Navigate Difficult Conversations with Confidence. The overwhelming response to this webinar was incredible, incredible with over 1,100 registrants eager to learn how to implement Chris's invaluable tips in handling those challenging conversations that we all encounter from time to time. So thank you so much for joining me today, Chris. Yeah, Sarah, this is great. I, I love the topic. It was a great time for me, and I love talking about this stuff. And to get everybody caught up to speed, just as a refresher for those that joined us in the webinar, or maybe those that are tuning in, they haven't had the chance to listen to the webinar yet. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do and where, how you got to where you're at today? Yeah. So I'm an exe- currently, I'm an executive coach. By training, I'm a licensed therapist, and I've been I've worked as a therapist, but I've also been working in learning and development for the past, I don't know, seven, eight years. Uh, so, and then more specifically, leadership development for the past three years. And so that's what I've been doing. And I really enjoyed kind of the journey. And I've really delved into difficult conversations because it's been so hard for me to learn that skill set. So, and I know that there's just lots of people who still struggle with it. Even when I was doing leadership development, there's just tons of managers and just leaders at all different levels that still struggle with it. So it's it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. That's why I, that's how I got into this. Yeah. And I can only imagine, I mean, I think we all face difficult conversations in not only like our personal lives or business lives, you know, we always, everybody comes to that at some point or one another in their careers and, and lives for sure. Um, and so what do you see happening in the L&D space right now? Well, I love that that because technology is just expanding so fast, I I think technology is becoming more useful for everyone and just more accessible for everyone, I should say, because it's not as expensive. You know, I think we're we're still a ways off from everybody being able to afford virtual virtual reality, but we're getting pretty close with AI tools like ChatGPT. It's taking time to create content and materials faster uh, with the huge amount of information available on YouTube uh, and, and LinkedIn and, and other free places. There's tons of access to free resources that wasn't available before. And so with this technology, people are also able to work with employees that are in the flow of work. So instead of taking them out of the work to do like a training for an hour, two hours a day, which isn't very useful anyway, People are able to meet people in the flow of work, which is where everybody learns anyway, is doing the actual work and getting instantaneous feedback on whether something's working or not. Yeah, and AI has really been such a hot topic lately with all of mm. the transformations that have been coming in and that we're seeing every day. It seems like something's changing. And, and with that, I think there comes a lot of apprehension too, because people don't necessarily know the ethicalness of using mm. these tools. And you know, how do you think L&D professionals can then proactively tackle the challenges to encourage individuals to embrace and feel comfortable using these, these tools and technologies for learning? I think it's the same struggle that we'll always have is getting them to engage in the work of, of self-development. You know, you'll have people who are self-motivated. Those, those people aren't really going to be a problem because they want to learn. They're going to seek out opportunities. They'll take the initiative to do it. So they'll immediately jump into things. So kind of like the early adopters, of, if you're thinking about change management, then you'll have the people who are just along for the ride. They don't really care either way. 
reaching them will be hard because it's really just how do you show them that it's worth their effort and their time. And so it's it's becoming more incumbent on us as L&D professionals to demonstrate the value to them, not necessarily the the philosophical value or the abstract value of why this is good to learn, but how will this help you in everyday work? So I think even the the work of ad ad writers, marketing, copywriters, I think that's a really useful skill that L&D professionals should get into is thinking about how do you put yourself in the mind of your target market of your employees. Uh, and then there's always people who always are opposed to it, no matter what, like no matter how, what kind of technology, no matter how much easy you make it, they're just, they don't want to develop, they don't want to learn, they don't want to engage in any of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And and before we get into the nitty gritty of the webinar and, you know, all of the content that you were sharing on that, on the topic specifically, what exciting things are you up to next? Well, I've, I'm expanding my company. So I, I have a couple of online courses, one on difficult conversations, um, but I've also been working on launching a new one for uh, essential coaching skills for managers because I think there's uh, just a lot more research around how coaching is useful, how it's effective, how do you empower employees. But also, it's not a skill that's easily taught, so I'm uh, I'm developing that course, uh, and I'm just expanding my offerings because I think there's there's certainly an opportunity and need, and I think there's a need for people to experience learning opportunities that are customized to them, which is what I excel at is how do I customize stuff? Cause I can, what I excel is I, I can understand material quickly, but I can also customize it so that everybody understands it in a specific setting. So I, I think I'm expanding that and uh, just diving more into that. How do I reach more people? Awesome. And with the webinar that we recently did on tactics and strategies to navigate difficult conversations with confidence, what were the key takeaways for registrants during our event? I think it's the importance of preparation. I think there's a common phrase that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I think the more time you spend in preparation, the more confident you'll feel in the conversation. So you won't be upset or worried uh, or, or things won't bother you, you know, if things go off the rails. Getting comfortable with hearing hard things is is another important takeaway is it's okay to experience those difficult conversations because that's just normal. You know, everybody experiences them. It's difficult conversations are difficult for everyone. So it's normal. And I think leaning into that and reframing our mindset around conflict is a bad thing or we don't want to upset people or we don't want to hurt people. But really, it's an opportunity to grow deeper, build deep, better relationships and seek new kind of opportunities that weren't there originally. So I think it's just getting comfortable with that and uh, and just pre- preparation. I think if we could just talk about preparation for like hours, we could <laughs> like that would be the biggest thing. And that leads me into my next question here for you. You know, what if you don't have time to prepare for that conversation? Yeah, that's tough. I, I think that's why there's a couple of things you should be doing is even if you don't have time to prepare, prepare for that conversation, you should either uh, have a guiding mindset or a, a mission of how you want to be, how, what are your ethics that guide you? Do you want to be a person that is reasonable, is is thoughtful, and do you want to be a person who thinks things through? So that, that'll that help guide you. If you think through that ahead of time, then that'll guide you what you say, what you do in the meantime. Having coping skills ahead of time will be helpful. You know, just if you're able to find ways to ground yourself in the conversation, whether you take a drink of water, take a deep breath, count to five. But also you could always just ask to take a break. You, it's reasonable to say, hey, listen, I'd love time to give this the the respect it deserves and the respect you deserve. Can we come back to this in a little bit? 
So I think it's okay to take a break. And I think it's underutilized to even just ask for a break. And, you know, how can you approach a difficult conversation if the person you're speaking to is your boss or someone who has holds more seniority than yourself? I think that's where you need to spend more time preparing and make sure you have your information in a row. Because if you're, it's not enough to go in with kind of accusations or uh, just feelings. You have to go in with some idea of what impact is it having? What is, what data do you have that this is happening? Uh, and it depends on the conversation, of course. But then you also want to try to level the playing field as much as possible. And it's not about trying to say, trying to explicitly say that they don't have any power over you, but it's just even in the words you say, can, can you say we as much as often? Can you set ground rules so that both of you are able to interrupt and take a break uh, and put them at ease so that they don't feel threatened in whatever way? Uh, and then just preparing yourself so that you feel like you're equal part. Your your values are important. Your needs are important. Your boundaries are important if that's the kind of conversation you're having. Uh, so, and practicing. The more you practice, the more comfortable you'll feel with whatever you got to say. And, you know, when should someone bring in a mediator or a third-party person to come and, and help assist in this conversation? Yeah, that's also underutilized. I think it's reasonable anytime the conflict is just really stuck. You know, if you have tried talking to them, they've tried talking to you, it's just coming to a, a standstill, nobody's making any progress, it's okay to bring somebody in. Or if you know that it's going to be really emotional, it's really difficult for them and you, both of you feel really strongly about whatever position you're in, it's okay to bring somebody that's neutral, that can help facilitate someone you both trust. So it can't be somebody that's on your side or somebody that's strictly on their side. It's got to be somebody who's completely neutral and able to see kind of the, the objective facts of what's happening. And, you know, say you're trying to set ground rules up before you, prior to having this difficult conversation, but, you know, the, the person that you're trying to have the conversation with doesn't agree or they don't want to talk, what, what would you suggest someone does in that, in that situation? If it were me, I would call it out. And I would just, and not in a uh, aggressive way, I would call it out in a curious way and just say, listen, I want to make sure that we have a good conversation. I want to make sure that you're comfortable and I'm comfortable. And if you don't want to set ground rules, what do you want to do here? Great. I would ask them, what do you, what do they want to do? Because I, I think it's, it's reasonable to say, to acknowledge you are at a standstill here. What do you want to do next? Or how do you want to proceed? And what happens if someone just wants to completely avoid, block it off? Don't, they don't want to come to a resolution. How do you, then continue to approach that with someone that you have to continue to work with. Yeah, that might be a time when you have to bring in a third person. Yeah, yeah. And before I let you go today, Chris, where can listeners go to learn more about your work and what you do? Uh, I think the best place is, well, you can email me, uh, myleadershippotential at gmail.com. You could also follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Chris Wong, LMHC. That's my handle on there. Uh, those are the two best places. You could also find the courses I was talking about, the Difficult Conversations course uh, and the Performance Coaching course. They're on at myleadershippotential.com. And then I just have a website for myself, leadershippotential.card.co, which is C-A-R-R-D. So it's all these different places. I wish I could be a little more organized. I'll figure it out one day. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't had the chance to check out the webinar, make sure you select the link below. It was a really great event. We had a lot of, of people chiming in and a lot of great interaction there with a really great audience. So I definitely recommend that you go check that out once you 
close out of this podcast today. And thank you so much, Chris, for your time and for sharing some more information on this topic. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. And thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope you enjoy listening to the HRDQU in Review podcast available on all major streaming platforms. If you did enjoy today's episode, make sure to give us a follow and leave us a review. I will see you all next week.